This is Creative Banter, a creativity and philosophy-focused podcast hosted by Cody Schultz and Ben Horn. Feeling as though you have found yourself in a rut and cannot get out is a feeling all too familiar to many artists. The feeling that you are stuck and unsure where to go next with your creative endeavor. For the past few months, I've been struggling with this feeling, airing my grievances both on and off of the podcast. But as I come closer to relaunching my website, I am forced to face the music. As Ben and I hash this out, we discuss the idea of weekly articles and running out of topics, as well as keeping things simple and the idea of feeding meaningful work with traditional career paths. Let's dive right into it, shall we? exactly looking forward to tomorrow i'll say that much oh yeah what's uh what's tomorrow it's what my mentor teacher calls a teacher punishment day what it doesn't <laughs> sound is, it, is there like a dunk tank involved or uh what's what, what's going on with that no unfortunately not that would make it more fun <laughs> um it, it's a uh, professional development day oh so essentially what we're going to be doing is we'll go in and we'll work on writing the english curriculum yeah. for the district for the school nothing super fun or fascinating but uh at, at least it's going to give me an idea of what's more involved with the curriculum give me like a behind the scenes look so i'm i'm very grateful that he is going to have me involved in terms of uh asking me questions and just trying to get me as in depth into the conversation as he can mm-hmm. while still making it obviously like appropriate and professional because i know that like there are some people that have some of the other student teachers that i know that are going through it right now they have these personal development days and their mentor pretty much says yeah you're just going to be sitting in the back listening the whole time Mm. and it's a whole day thing yeah like this isn't this isn't just like after school for an hour or two this is all day tomorrow we'll be uh doing this so yeah, it's going to be a long day. Yeah. Well, I mean, it it definitely gives you exposure to that sort of thing where you get a little better feeling for what's involved in that career. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, I mean, I can see how that's that's a good thing. Like when I used to work at the camera store, the, the days I would absolutely dread, one was inventory day. Um, it just wasn't just counting lens caps. Wow, this is great. Um, but inventory day, but also the days when there was like an event and there was like tons of people in the store and it was just crazy, hectic madness. I, I, I never enjoyed those days, but you know, it, it always, the, the, with the good times, there's always the, uh, the not so good times. So at least you have exposure to that and get a feeling for what goes on behind the scenes. I remember inventory too, working over at, uh, the car dealership and yeah. having to run through inventory of parts. God, that's so brutal. It's so boring, just monotonous. I mean, yeah. luckily, it's not like we had a ton of parts, and it's not like our count was always super off, but it just took those like few small things where the count is off by like four, so you know you really have to check it. Yeah. And you have to check it multiple times throughout, so it's like, come on. But 
So at least it's not as bad as that, I don't think, but yeah. we'll find out. Now, now, when you were doing the inventory for that, was that the only thing you're doing that at that point in time, or were you having to balance that with the daily responsibilities of just like the normal job-related stuff as well? You had to balance it, yeah. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Yeah, it, and, and it's really hard for me to switch between things. Like if, if I'm just full-on doing something like inventory and I'm kind of off in my own area, that's one thing. But like, if, if it's like having to do that, but also switch between that and something else. Yeah. It just, my, my brain doesn't like that. It just doesn't work well for that. Yeah. I mean, lucky for me, I wasn't like, it's not like I had a ton of responsibility when I was working there. I was able to, I was kind of all over the place, but also not like I did a lot of reading just sitting in the back because there was nothing to do for a lot of times. So yeah. during those days, I would just be charged with doing inventory and that's really all that i had to focus on unless someone came in and pulled me to drive a car for a mechanic or something like that so it wasn't bad but it was just the monotony was just terrible it was awful yeah yeah so like i said we'll see how that goes tomorrow and hopefully all goes well um yeah so other plenty of other stuff that I would much rather be working on, like my website. Yeah, how's how's that coming along? Pretty well, actually. Um, I don't want to like jinx myself, even though it's far too late for that, because I've been working on this since God December or November, maybe. I forget when I first mentioned that I was doing it, but um, I think Squarespace is getting really tired of me contacting them every week and a half or so. Be like, hey, can you extend my trial? <laughs> like, I didn't even know that one could do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I've i been extending it since at least December because it, it gets to a point where I'll log back on and they're like, your trial has ended. And I'm like, all right, time to get on the chat with Squarespace. And sometimes it's automated, which is nice because then you're not like wasting someone's time with it. But yeah, whatever. So yeah, I finally made the homepage how I like it. It's quite a bit different than what I have right now. The whole site really is. But I think it works better as a nice balance between my writing and my photography. Trying to find that, that line to stand on, to balance on, is really tough. Yeah. So. Yeah, especially since those are the two very important things that you do. And you want it to be able to showcase both of them very well and integrate both of them really well and and have things laid out in the right way. So it's it's good that you're able to have something that can that can do that. I know that my my website's definitely all image driven, but at the same time, if I had to work writing in there, I know I'd be very particular about how things are laid out and how things are presented and such. Um, so it, it's it's good that you'll be able to have that once it's once it's all done. Yeah, I mean, I've been taking inspiration from a couple different. Uh, what they consider static websites, uh, static homepages, more text-driven than anything else. Um, just because I'm kind of in a place where, in a way, I think I'm kind of feeling stuck. Like, I'm not sure how to proceed. Mm -hmm. um, and this goes with my photography. This goes with my writing. Like, I'm finding myself at a crossroads where I want to do photography, but there's also a lot of stuff that I want to write about that isn't necessarily related to photography and trying to uh, 
intersperse those together into a website that's still cohesive is proving to be pretty difficult. Yeah. Um, like for my writing, my overarching theme seems to be along the lines of like finding meaning in life and the mental mm -hmm. health aspect of that, especially, but also various other little topics. Um, but then to go onto a website and see a bunch of photography and see that I, I, I just don't know how they play together as much anymore. I would think that they, I would think that they could play together pretty well. Um, I mean, it, it certainly is, um, it's not something that you see a lot of, but I would think that at least when it comes, like when, when I think of writing, when it pairs with photography, I see how like, if you have it where the, the writing has a depth to it, you, it seems like you can always find some images that will work well with it. I like if I if I'm reading something about uh, on on the on the topic of well not even on the topic of photography, but if I'm reading something and there's images paired with it, to me it doesn't really matter necessarily what it's about. I think I'd be drawn to it if there is some connection between the two of them. But I would I would almost expect a person to go into more in-depth things as opposed to just basic sort of topics. So I, I would almost anticipate to have writing like that. But I see how it can be difficult to pair that with image, images or to have it sort of coexist in that yeah, way. Yeah, because it almost feels like you have to have one that's more prominent than the other. And that's where I'm struggling because for the past like decade almost, it's been nine years in June since I started photography, started my website, it's been photography so it's like now that i'm more trying to focus more on writing and improving with that does that mean that that takes more more of a prominent role in how my website is laid out and there are there are a lot of questions that go along with it and a lot of things that i have to try and figure out i mean yeah so it it, it makes it tough and then there's also the problem of feeling stuck in my photography, like feeling as though I'm just being, I guess in a way, a one trick pony, so to speak, like, oh, I take black and white photos of the woods, but I also want to take photos of like the human element in nature and take photographs of like people. There's a part of me that would love to get back into portraiture which I think we talked about in a couple episodes, yeah. but there's there's just this idea of, of feeling stuck, feeling like I'm at a crossroads, and having really little idea how to navigate that. Like so Yeah, but if if you look at any I mean, famous photographer sounds like that's it's not really a good way of saying it. But if you if you look at any notable photographer who has a big body of work if you look at a good chunk of that work, it's going to look very consistent. It's going to maybe, maybe to the point where they felt that they were kind of stuck on a path or couldn't kind of figure out which way to go. But that's, it's a level of consistency that 
I think is what defines a person as a photographer. Though it also depends on if there's a different path you foresee yourself going on and you can't quite get on that path. That's I think that's one thing, but but for me at least, I mean I know that my work is very consistent, but it's consistent because that's that's the way I want it to be. You know, it's the sort of subjects I I search for, it's the sort of themes I I search for. And if a person was looking at my work, they they might say, "Oh, that guy's in a rut. He's just taking pictures of, of trees and rocks and ice and stuff." But Meanwhile, I'm like, well, yeah, because this is the stuff that I really want to photograph. This is stuff that speaks to me. Um, though I, I think for you, perhaps, I wonder if some of it has to do with not feeling you have enough time to fully dedicate to it. Um, so I, I wonder if that has any sort of bearing on it at all. I don't know that it's so much the time aspect because it's not like I feel as though I'm not able to get out and photograph like the past few weeks I've been going out almost every weekend and getting out into nature with a camera um yeah I think it's more so just that idea of consistency of of staying consistent with one thing like you think of Simon Baxter and you think of the woods you think of Ansel Adams and primarily you think of like Yosemite. You think of William Neal, you think of Yosemite. So having that yeah. kind of connection, but then you also think of people like Edward Weston who photographed peppers and he photographed nature like um, Point Lobos, I believe it was, and also nudes. And yet he's still considered a great photographer, still considered like a consistent, so to speak, photographer. He has a look to him. So I think it's just a matter of, as I usually do, overthinking things and, and just yeah. realizing that there's always going to be some kind of connection. Because like one of the other things that I plan on doing, hope to do, we'll see if I do, is uh, weekly articles from april to the end of the year just to try and just build mm -hmm. up uh, an audience maybe but more so just that consistency of writing and that habit of writing more often and to get my thoughts out there and see what all comes comes to fruition but then with that i mm -hmm. still have that fear of what if i run out of articles like article topics what if i really get stuck and how do I maintain some kind of uh, overlying connection to everything between my photography and to yeah. a deeper message because you you think of guys like Ryan Holiday he's stoicism through and through and that's really all that he does like should I aim for something like that when it comes to writing and photography like to have that overarching message that I want to put through or am I just okay writing about what I want to write about and what comes comes yeah well when you were describing the you know the questions you had with regard to you know would you be able to come up with the the things to write about and would the topics keep coming and this and that 
I will say that that relates a lot to the feeling I get of the first day funk when I go on the trips, because I'll, I'll I'll head to an area and then I immediately question: Am I going to find things to photograph? You know, what what if what if this? What if that? But what I found that for me personally is that when I put myself out there in those areas and when I put in the legwork just to get it out there, I I find that there is so much out there. Like I, I will never run out of subjects, even in a, a relatively small portion of the park. I'll always keep finding more and more things. And I think for you with your writing, I think that is something that would come with, you know, you 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 write something, but there's something in what you just wrote in the finished piece that kind of touches on something else, which leads to something else, which leads to something else, which is the process by which I find subjects when I'm out in the field. So I think for that, it's just a matter of just doing it and just getting out there and starting to do the writing. And I think it'll just become like like the branches on a tree that kind of keep branching out further and yeah. further. Um, and you just keep finding more and more topics and one thing leads to another and inspires another. So um, I, I, I think I think you just have to just start the process and whatever themes may emerge are great, but I don't know that it would necessarily, I, I wouldn't um, sort of pigeonhole yourself into some sort of overarching theme if that means that it would limit you from going some other direction. Yeah, that's true. That's why I thought with like the whole idea of finding meaning is kind of, it's so broad. It's pretty general, which yeah, is good. Yeah. Yeah. So I think if I can even keep with that, just even if it is like a temporary theme, so to speak, more so something that's just within the back of my mind while I'm writing, then it might be, might evolve into something else more specific or yeah we'll see how it goes like i said right now i gotta finish up some things on the website but i want to get that launched perhaps by the time that this goes live it'll be up and going um but i know i have to get it done by the end of this month so well that's cool so i've been working on the uh the videos from from Death Valley, um, and just before we started recording here, I just finished recording the the voiceover stuff for the fourth video. You know, I like to have all the videos one hundred percent done, and then upload them all at the same time and, and schedule them out. So, um, I think there's like seven videos total, so I have a few more to work on. But man, it's it's been beautiful here lately i mean it's it was a warm day just before we started recording this i just was out in the patio just sitting in the sun because it's like it's in the mid 70s today Mm, and must be nice um, must be nice earlier this yeah it is nice (laughs) and earlier this week i was able to go skating again um which was nice so it felt really really good to to get back out there again but yeah i mean it's just it's been it's been so nice it's been so so spring-like um and this isn't necessarily photography related but i have this um this uh, chinese elm tree in my front yard and it's i don't know it's probably about 14 years old now but it's it's a pretty big tree and i have um i called the the neighborhood tree trimmer guy and he came out and he and uh just a few days ago was able to trim it and help shape it and all that but kind of a, a funny thing happened uh for whatever reason 
he was under the impression that my name was David. <laughs> and so he's just calling me Dave, but I had no desire whatsoever to correct him on it. And so it actually made it kind of easy because if I had a phone call and, and I hadn't put his, his number into my phone to memorize, but if I had a phone call and the guy was asking for Dave, I knew he was a tree trimmer guy. Um, but it got me thinking a little bit that when it comes to um, other other people, if they're if they're talking about something, if they're saying something, usually my first impression is that they know more than I know about whatever topic it is, and I, I don't I don't question people on things. I don't I don't correct people on things, even things such as my own name, which I'm I'm pretty sure I know what my name is. Maybe. Um, I think so. I mean, <laughs> perhaps. Yeah, there's always a chance um, that you don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, though I have I have a hard time spelling my my actual full name, Benjamin. It's, I have to actually think that one through sometimes. But uh, but I, it, it did get me thinking a little bit about how my first impression is that people know more about something than I do, and I think that has shaped the way that I share things online the way I do the videos because I never go into anything assuming that I know more than other people which is probably a pretty decent way to go through life because it seems like so many people are the opposite they think they have everything figured out they think that they have the solution for everything and not again not necessarily foot you know photography related but it just got me thinking a little bit about that and um, and I think that sort of approach has has shaped the way that I do the videos and share things because I don't think I have it all figured out. You know, we're all just learning things as we go along. And uh, so I just I think it's kind of a, a good mentality to have and to be more open to things and to explore and to experiment. But I think when people think they have it figured out, including their name, uh, I think perhaps they might get themselves into a little bit of trouble. I just happened to look it up because I didn't realize your full name was Benjamin. I didn't realize that you yeah. that you own BenjaminHorn.com too. I do. Yeah. Someone tried to buy it off me too. Because <laughs> it, it was another person by the name of Ben Horn. And they were like, you know, they didn't. I, I've had Ben Horn for a long time. I think since the late 90s perhaps. Oh, wow. Um, that is a long time. Yeah. And um, I think I must have bought it in 99 or something like that. I think I've had it since like high school. Um, but there was another photographer. I think his name is Benny Horn. And since he couldn't get Ben Horn, he's like, hey, can I, I see you also have BenjaminHorn.com. Can, can I have that? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I like that one too. I don't use it for anything, but I think you're among the first to realize I, I, I do have that one as well. I think I'm going to have to change all the links to Benjamin Horn now. <laughs> I I think I bought that one just in the case that I in the event that I became some sort of famous artist and I need to have a more artisty sounding name. Okay. Um, and I I also bought my uh, my f- full first name, middle name, last name um, because that's even more. Uh, pretentious sounding. I, though I think I gave that one up. I don't have that one anymore. But, but yeah, Ben Horn or BenjaminHorn.com will hmm. get you to my website. 
yeah, mine is just my full name. I can't really do anything about that. I don't even really know a way to shorten it. Yeah. I, I checked earlier today before we got on, um, just for the fun of it. I wanted to see if Cody.com was available and it's not, I don't know if it's like, yeah, I wouldn't think that it's too short, but I know with like email addresses, you can't have just Cody at gmail.com, which is dumb, but unless you have a lot of money and can go through some back doors with it, I guess. But yeah. yeah. But from what I understand, if you have such a simple email like that, it's just going to be a spam magnet oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Just because it's such a, a, a an easy one in that regard. Yeah. But, um, but getting back, getting back to more of the, mm-hmm. the topic that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it yeah. kind of aligns. I was listening to um, to a podcast with Hank and John Green, and they were saying about uh, you always know more than you think that you know, which is mm-hmm. true. Like I, I think about yeah. the, I would love to work on presentations, and I'm trying to slowly work on a photography presentation, um, but I always get that feeling like, okay, well, if I do that. Or even like doing this podcast, like I don't know anything. Like, what what kind of value can I provide? And it, it, it's yeah. tough to realize that. Yeah, you you do have a degree of value, but at the same time, you have to realize you don't know everything, though. Either, like, again, it's a it's a fine line to walk because you don't want to. Like, if you're doing a presentation, you don't want to come off with so little confidence that people are like, yeah, look at this guy. Like, they're going to stop listening to you if you're just stumbling through it or you just are constantly questioning yourself. But if you come off with too much confidence, then you just look like that arrogant asshole that nobody wants to listen to. Exactly. So... I, f- I can't find it right now, and I wish I could, but there's a quote from, I think, Marcus Aurelius that went something along the lines of um, to always remember that at the end of the day, you really don't have it all figured out. Like, yeah, there's still so much to learn, and once you stop, once you stop being willing to learn, then there's no point anymore. So, yeah. Yeah, because because that at that point you're admitting that that is the best you will ever be, and that there's no more room for improvement. Um, and then what's your motivation to and, get better? Like there is none. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, because you you need to have those 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 goals that you want to achieve. The whatever it is about your work that you want to improve on, and to be able to to see that, to notice that, to be you know, honest with yourself about that um, so that you can have that, that degree of growth. Yeah. I mean, for me, like I've, we talked about it months ago, back in the fall about me getting into coding and starting to learn how to code. And I never got around to doing it because I got slammed with other work, but I still plan on going and looking at these books. And once I get the website figured out and have that launched back up and I start doing these weekly articles and get into that groove. I would love to start taking maybe an hour or even a half hour a day for a month and just see, okay, how much can I learn about coding in a month? 
and not necessarily to try and rush the process of, oh, I need to be able to build a full-fledged website in a month, but more so to get an idea of, is this actually something that I want to try and do and continue on with? Because yeah, I was thinking more about it and I was talking to Daniel White about it and I was saying like, even with coding, like if I'm doing this a decade down the road and continuing to learn, I don't want to be some like coding wizard. I don't want to be like the best at coding or anything. I don't want to be the best writer or the best photographer or anything. I want to be just good enough to be able to do what I want to do with it because that way I know that I can keep improving. I can constantly keep learning because otherwise once you get to be the best, then again, what's your motivation to get better? Yeah. So. Yeah. And and to have that sort of, well, first of all, to have unrealistic expectations because, you know, no matter what a person is trying to do, chances are they will never be the best at what they do. There, there will always be someone who is better at it. So that's, it's just not a good goal to have. But even if you were, let's say, the best at doing something, I, w- I wouldn't want to have that kind of pressure because then there's always, always someone, you know, trying to get that same spot, always trying to be better. And you always have to keep pushing yourself, but not for the right reasons, not to to grow, but just to try to, you know, stay on top, which... I have, I have no real desire, uh, for that. Um, the other thing I was thinking as, as, as you were, um, talking about that was like, for me, when it comes to writing, I have a hard time when it comes to writing, trying to articulate my thoughts in a way that's cohesive. And this has come to mind as, as I've been writing some of the voiceovers for doing the videos. And I finally have come to the conclusion that if I can't distill a thought down to a very simple concept, that I don't even know what I'm talking about. Like, I, I, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. If I can't say it in a very simple way, in a almost poetic sort of way, with just very, very simply, I, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's um, huge in writing. I mean, yeah, I always try to have, whether it's my girlfriend, my cousin, my mom, someone outside of the field that I'm talking about, I try to have them read it, whatever I've written, because if they don't understand it, then I know that it's only going to reach a very small audience. And while that may be okay for certain things, I also don't want to limit my writing to a very very niche group you know what i mean like yeah you you start using all this jargon and you start eliminating potential readers that may otherwise be really really interested in what you have to say they may listen to like this podcast and be interested in what you have to say they may listen or watch your videos but then they go to read your writing and they hit a roadblock and now it's like now they're missing out on other things that may be important that you want to get across, but they can't. Yeah. So trying to trying to simplify everything down, like I'll even go so far as taking what may be a two thousand word article and trying to condense it down to its bare bones, because that way it's 
much more friendly to read and it also gets the point across a lot quicker. Do you find when you're doing your writing that it helps if you read it out loud so that you can get a better feeling for how how well it reads or do you, do you do that at all? I don't read out loud with like truly out loud, but I can read it how I would say it in my head. Mhm. Mm if that makes any sense at all. Um kind of with the same like uh, expression and the same pauses and all of that. So in a way I do, but I never once got into that whole, all right, I'm going to actually read this out loud. Like I'm reading it to another person. Um, I'll do that with like poetry if I write poetry here and there, but not with, yeah. uh, not with my regular articles and such. Yeah. For, I find that that's a necessary step for me um, because I have a tendency to be too wordy at times when it comes to a writing something because I'm just having a hard time getting to the really point of what I'm trying to write about. And I find that if I read it out loud, I can immediately recognize if there's something too wordy, if something just doesn't make a lot of sense, something about the way that when I when I read it out loud, I have a much better filter for what is and is not necessary. Um, Cause some things, are, if it's just hard to read like out loud, then it's not going to absorb into my brain as well either. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and it's especially important obviously for doing the voiceover stuff. Cause ultimately it's something I have to read out loud. And there are certain things that are just really hard to say. Like I'll write this really good script and then I'll rehearse it in my brain over and over again. But then when I go to re actually record it, I'm like, I can't say these three words together because my mouth just can't <laughs> do that. Um, so I'll come up with some other solution, which usually sounds a little bit better, which is usually a result of, you know, taking out some words here and there. I found, I found that today going through my lesson. Like at I, anytime that I'm out in front of uh, the kids, like teaching, which is so so weird to me too, like the idea that teaching is public speaking and I've always hated public speaking, but now I do it like every day. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But certain words, like even names that we're talking about, we just were talking mm -hmm. about uh, Andrea Yates, who was the, uh, she killed her five kids, drowned them in a bathtub. Great mother. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but just saying her name, I always had to pause like Andrea Yates because otherwise it just flows right together. It's just weird how yeah. that works. But like you write that down and it doesn't seem weird to you until like you said, you read it out loud. So yeah. I can definitely see the benefit to that. And I've even considered very loosely right now, but it may happen eventually. Um, I know a lot of people do, whether it's like Substacks or, Derek Sivers does it. Jeffrey Sidoris does it for his newsletter, Substack, whatever. Um, they do audio clips of them reading the article through, mm -hmm. which I think is great in terms of accessibility. It also opens up a new, a new pathway for an audience that may not be into reading a 1,500-word article or 4,000-word article, but yeah. they'll take the 20 minutes that it takes to, to listen to it. So that's something that I may think about doing. And then at that case, then absolutely I'll be 
I'll be forced to read over my articles out loud before hitting the record button just to make sure that there aren't certain words or sentences that just don't come across right when spoken. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy how that all works and how it seems so simple at first, but then there's there's so much to it. Um, on a on another note, uh, our our Discord has been rather active lately, which is always um, good to see. Yeah, and even though like I I read every post that's on there, um, I'm not really great at replying to stuff just because. I don't know, my, my brain's doing other things, but... Yeah, I'm terrible um, at interacting with that. I've got to get yeah. better with it. <laughs> but to everyone that, that uh, leaves questions and stuff on there, I, I read every single thing and, and I take notes on stuff for, for podcasts and stuff. And there was a, um, a question that, that Daniel White had on there. And he's, he said, uh, is anyone else pursuing less fulfilling work to feed more meaningful work? Is it working? Does it detract? Um. And I know that there's a lot of people that have intentionally not made photography um, a career um, so that they don't have to try to necessarily earn a living from it and all the pressure that comes with that. And they, they're very happy to maintain uh, a job doing something else. Um, and I, I can only speak for my own personal experience on that after having worked at the camera store from 2004 through 2020, which is, which is a very long time. Um, I mean, it was, it was adjacent. Um, it was kind of a little bit related. Um, though I found that in the time that I worked there, I always wanted to do my own thing. I always wanted to create something that was, meaningful on my own um and the more i got a taste of it the more i found that i was just much better suited to be doing my own thing um so i mean early on certainly uh, you know pursuing the less fulfilling stuff because i it was just out of necessity but i think once you go down that road where you have more time to dedicate to what it is that you want for me personally there's no going back um i i think just having that sort of creative flexibility and to produce a sort of work that i really want to um i mean there's only so much time in the day and i find that i don't even have enough time to do the stuff that i want to do now for photography but i know that many people will have different experiences on that by separating what it is they find meaning from, and then also um, just the work in order to make things happen. Yeah, that was my biggest fear going into student teaching was that whole idea prior, and I still struggle with it now, of am I able to find enough meaning in this to be okay with doing it as supplementary income, so to speak, uh, as a way of gaining income to help to supplement my photography and the more meaningful photography and writing. Because just like you, like I know that I would much rather be working for myself 
I would much rather be doing my own thing. Um, but getting to that point is no easy task. Yeah. So, like, right now, right now I still don't know what what is going to happen, uh, whether I go for teaching or not. But it, it makes it really tough. So, like, I'm right there with that struggle, especially because the past year or so, I haven't been working, like, any traditional job. I've just been more freelancing, I guess, to call it. Um, mm-hmm. And then going from freelancing to a traditional career path is, like, really... It's almost painful in a way to do it because mm-hmm. you feel like you should have been able to make it work freelancing but yeah and you got a little taste of it yeah you you get that taste and you're like i want more like and then all of a sudden you go back into a nine to five and you're like Ugh, come on yeah so i i, I totally get that struggle and he and i have talked about that quite continuously um figuring out that that right path um there was a book that I had just finished reading uh, a couple weeks ago called The Pathless Path by Paul Millard. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty good book. That definitely recommend reading it through, but that's really what he was talking about was trying to figure out ways to uh, get off of the traditional path and make this pathless path the path that has no true answer where when people ask you what you do, they're like, oh, no, seriously, dude, what do you do for a living kind of yeah. thing? So, um, yeah, that's it's tough. And and that actually, I, I don't have the, um, the script written down in front of me right now, but um, when I created the, um, the monologue for the, the first video of the Death Valley series, um, the topic I was really discussing in that really has a lot to do with this topic right here. And in, in that monologue, I talk about how it's been three years now since I made the decision to, you know, leave the job that I had prior to the pandemic and to go off on my own and how going off on that first trip really was a source of major anxiety. Um, not yeah. knowing whether it'd work or not. And, and I go on to say that when you follow your own path, you don't necessarily know where that path is going to lead. Um, you'll get a glimpse of it from time to time, but you will more so know when you've arrived versus, you know, not you, you just don't really know where it goes there, but you'll know when you get there. Um, and, and I think I'm at that point um, with my own, um, you know, walk down that path where it's it's the point where where things are going well enough things are stable um extremely low stress which is good for me because i don't i don't do well stress um but it's it seems like there's a lot of people that are trying to follow the formula and they they see what someone else has done and they want to get where they are when in reality that may not be possible. You have to sort of, you have to find your own way because the doors that were open for them may be completely shut now and locked. Um, 
but also I say this from the standpoint of, you know, I don't have kids. I don't have like huge expenses. I don't live a very, uh, you know, it's a very modest lifestyle that we live. So there's a very low stress that comes with that. It would be a different situation if, if you know, I had bigger bills to pay. If I had a, a wife that wasn't working a full-time job and that kind of stuff, it would be, it'd be a different situation. I mean, it's even different for me going from, okay, I've been doing this and living at home and going through college, not really having any bills to pay. And then I'm going to come out of this and now I have whatever debt I have to owe from college. And then I have to start thinking about, okay, well, when am I going to move out? And how am I going to get the money to move out? That kind of thing. Yeah. Which so makes, it gets real. Yeah. Then it gets real and it makes it really difficult to continue along this pathless path right now yeah. as it currently stands. So it's one of those things of I'm forced in a way to go down a more traditional path, at least for a while until I can figure everything else out and then return back to what I've been doing just better, hopefully. Yeah. But I think that that's where that writing weekly for me comes into, into play because yeah, for sure. If I'm doing that for, even if it's just for the rest of this year for the eight months or whatever that's left, um, at least it's enough to start building up a foundation. And that's really all that I really want to focus on right now. So. I hope you enjoyed our creative banter. You can learn more about Cody's work by visiting his website, codyschultz.com. And you can find my work at benhorn.com. For further discussion, join us at patreon.com slash creative banter. It's a place where we can interact with you, the listener. And although we greatly appreciate those who contribute by joining a tier, discussions are open to everyone, whether you're a paying member or not. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you around next time.